0: How are you to deal with this relentless antagonism that colors the whole world of your work or perhaps your family? This person who's always against you, this person for whom nothing you do is ever right, nothing you say can ever be accepted at face value.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and Colin... That's a huge question today, and
0: I'm glad it's you that have to answer it. (laughs) Well, I I can tell you this, that I wouldn't be able to answer it today. You know, you look at questions like that and you say, where in the world would you go for an answer to that kind of a question? And the marvellous thing is that the Bible deals with precisely this situation. We're in the middle of the story of Saul and David. And Saul was just brutal towards David. I mean, relentless antagonism, twisting everything that he says. And, uh, you know, there's folks listening to us today who are in a situation at work, and it is really difficult. No trust. There's antagonism. How in the world am I going to deal with this? Someone is making my life such a pain and being a pain in my life. It's so difficult. Well, the Word of God does speak to this, and there are some answers from the example of David, and we are going to look at them today.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that, and we're going to look at those answers in the first book of Samuel, chapter 24. So join us, if you can, as we begin our new message, The Robe and the Spear. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: We're continuing our series, The Tale of Two Kings, in which we're following the story of Saul and of David. Saul, a religious man, as we now have come to know well, he believes in God, but his heart remains throughout his life all about himself. And that's not what it means to be a Christian, to believe in God and be about yourself, but that's how it was with Saul. David was very different. He was a regenerated man. That is, God had given him a new heart. God had given him a heart after God. And as the story progresses, we're beginning to see just how different these two men really are, the different character that flows from a different heart. And last time we saw how Saul has become a destroyer. Remember wiping out the whole town of Nob, 85 priests there. But David has become a deliverer. And we saw the marvelous story of how he set free the town of Keilah. Now, Saul was the king throughout all of the time covered by this story. But remember that David had been anointed to be the future king, to be the future king after the time of Saul, to be his successor. And so here we have David, the future king, the king in waiting, and he's been loyal to Saul. He has served Saul. He's been the commander in Saul's army. But Saul has become jealous of David, and he has increasingly become obsessed with this one objective. Uh, He's living now to try and destroy David and to get rid of him. Now, I want you to think today about a Saul in your life, a person who has been antagonistic or hostile towards you, perhaps a person who has made accusations against you, sort of person who is always on your case, Maybe be someone in the workplace, might be someone in the school. Remember that David worked for Saul, first as a musician and then as the army commander. And David has given to Saul the best of loyal service, but nothing David did ever was pleasing to Saul. Perhaps there's someone like that in your life and and they're making your life really difficult and nothing you do ever pleases them. Or it may be that this is in the circle of the family. Remember that David was Saul's son-in-law. He had married Michal, the uh, daughter of Saul. So this is a story that speaks to division in the family, to tension in the family, to a person who becomes hostile within the family and it tears everyone else apart. And the question then is, how are you to handle this hostile person? How are you to deal with this relentless antagonism that just colors the whole world of your work or perhaps your family? This person who's always against you, this person for whom nothing you do is ever right, and nothing you say can ever be accepted at face value. Well, you don't need me to tell you, of course, that our culture is becoming increasingly hostile to Christians and we therefore need all the wisdom that we can get in order to know how to handle hostility. It should not surprise us to find ourselves in the same position as David, uh, where people assume that we are the problem, that if we are Christians, we are up to no good, and that we are not people who can be trusted. So we need to learn how to live with and how to handle with grace the kind of antagonism that came to David and perhaps increasingly will be our experience also. We got to chapter 23 in verse 6 last time. You remember where we ended, Saul sought David every day, but God did not give him into his hands. So here's this relentless antagonism that's coming from Saul. And God is protecting David, not giving him into his hands. Saul can never quite find him or get hold of him. And then one day, one day, God allows David to be in a position where he had the opportunity to put an end to it all. Where Saul was delivered into David's hands and was really at his mercy. In fact, this happened not once, but it happened twice The first of these I'm calling the story of the robe, and the second, the story of the spear. Let me tell you the stories in brief outline, and then I want us to draw from them the lessons that we find in the scripture here about how we should handle people who are antagonistic towards us. So I hope you have your Bible open at 1 Samuel chapter 24. The story here is that Saul has now gathered an army of 3,000 men, a very large army, to go after David. David. And David has a much smaller group of men who pledged their loyalty to him. And they're on the move, and they're hiding in forests, and they're hiding in caves, and so on. And in verse 3 of chapter 24, we read that Saul came to the sheepfolds by the way, where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. So we're out in the wilderness here. There are no restrooms in the wilderness. And uh, so Saul goes into a cave. And uh, most likely, he would have taken off his robe, thrown it a bit further back into this cave, not realizing that much further back in the cave, in this vast cavern, are David and his mighty men. And the men of David, realizing that Saul's come into the mouth of the cave, there in the back, they say, verse 4, well, now here is the day of which the Lord has said to you, David, behold, I will give your enemy into your hand. And you can imagine that this must have been a massive temptation for David. One thrust of his sword into Saul. And all this relentless antagonism that has dominated his life now for years is put to an end. One thrust of the sword into Saul and David becomes king and life is going to get so much better for all these people who have suffered under the tyranny of Saul for so long. And the arguments for seizing the moment were overwhelming to David's men. Saul's become a tyrant. The nation's on the road to ruin. David, take the sword. Here's your opportunity. Put an end to Saul right now. The end will justify the means. You can imagine that argument, can't you? David, thousands of people will thank you if you will put an end to Saul right now. And the arguments seem to be overwhelming, except for one thing, God said, you shall not kill. And Saul was a bad king, he was a king in rebellion against God, but he was still the king. And David refuses to do anything that will harm Saul. And so instead, he creeps forward and with his sword just cuts the corner of Saul's robe that presumably had been thrown behind him uh, while he was there in these moments in the cave. And David's men can hardly believe that David is passing up this unique opportunity to put an end to Saul. If the roles were reversed, of course, Saul would have finished David off in a moment. and, And David's men are saying, in effect, well, if you won't do it, we will. We'll take responsibility. But verse 7 tells us that David did not permit his men to attack Saul. He holds them back. So now you've got the picture. Saul finishes his business. He comes out of the cave. He has absolutely no idea of the grace, the kindness, and the sheer loyalty that has been shown to him by this man, David until David comes out holding the corner of Saul's robe in his hand. And we'll come in just a moment to what uh, David said to Saul, and then what Saul said to David, and what we can learn from it. And there's so much here. But I want you to notice first that this sparing of Saul's life, this grace that David extended to Saul, happened not simply on one occasion, but it happened twice. It's very significant because you remember earlier in the story, twice Saul the destroyer tries to take David's life by throwing the spear. And we're now reading in the Bible that twice David the deliverer saves Saul's life by intervening on his behalf. And the second story is just over a couple of pages, and you can read it in full in your leisure. I'll just give you a quick outline of the story. It's in uh, chapter 26. It's the story of the spear. And the significance of this second story is that Saul did not change even after he was shown grace by David in regards to the story of the robe. Chapter 26, Saul is back doing what he had always done before, hunting David and trying to destroy him. Isn't this interesting? Even after Saul tasted grace, it did not change him. He remained the same. And so chapter 26, where Saul is back on the hunt for David, David finds the camp where Saul and his 3,000 men are sleeping. In verse 5 of chapter 26, David rose and he came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, the son of Ner, who was the commander of his army. And Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped all around him. So David now goes into the camp at night while Saul's asleep with this man, Abishai, his friend with him. And David and Abishai, verse seven, they went to the army by night and there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment. Notice, guess what? with his spear, it keeps coming up, his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. So here is Saul asleep on the ground, and this very spear that he has thrown twice at David to try and uh, take his life is stuck in the ground, point in the ground, just next to Saul's head. It would be so easy to pick it up like that, down like that, end of Saul. And he's sound asleep. And... Abishai, verse 8, says, well, God has given your enemy into your hand, David. It's exactly the same pattern as the story in chapter 24. Verse 10 of chapter 26, David says, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down to battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed and so in this wonderful story just like david cut off the corner of the robe in the earlier incident david just takes the spear and slips out along with Abishai out of the camp, goes up the hillside on uh, some distance away, and then shouts over to waken up Abner, who was the commander supposedly responsible for protecting the king. But he'd, I guess, uh, fallen asleep at the wheel, as it were. And uh, Abner wakes up and finds to his absolute horror that David's been able to get right up to the head of Saul. And David shows the spear, and again the spear, like the corner of the rope, is really evidence of grace. Twice Saul the destroyer has tried to take the life of David. And relentlessly he's been on the move trying to find him, except that God will not give him up. But twice David has had the opportunity to take the life of Saul, and he will not do it. He shows grace to the person who has been so persistently and so pervasively hostile towards him.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the first part of our message, The Robe and the Spear, part of our series on the life of David. And if you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can always catch up online. Go to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can download any of the previous broadcasts as an MP3 for free Or you can simply stream it from the website. Also on the Open the Bible website, you can find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of two to three minute reflections written by Pastor Colin Smith and read by Sue McLeish. Those devotionals begin each day for me, and honestly, I wouldn't be without them. Their content never fails to open up a valuable word from the Bible. Which very often will meet a need, either in my own circumstance or in that of someone I'm praying for. <laughs> Though the devotionals are short, there's always a message to hold on to and to take with you into the day. You can find Open the Bible Daily on the website, openthebible.org.uk. Click on the menu item, Resources, and then Open the Bible Daily. Now let's get back to the message, The Robe and the Spear, We're in the first book of Samuel, chapter 24. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: Let me offer to you uh, simply this. As we see how David displayed grace, I want to offer to you from this seven ways to handle a hostile person. And you'll see they're all in the story and they just directly come out uh, from it. So you're thinking now about someone who's difficult in your life, antagonistic towards you. How are you to handle them in a way that reflects grace? What does grace look like in the reality of our world today? Let me make these observations from the Bible for you. Number one, and this just comes from the whole story, and then we'll get to the specifics. Practice restraint. This was huge and very obvious. In both occasions, David holds back any desire to get even. He holds it back in the cave and at the camp. The temptation must have been there, surely. Saul has done so much harm, and there is always an instinct in our flesh to say, now I'm going to get my own back. Now I'm going to get even. But this is a marvelous picture of God's restraining grace. God does not give us what we deserve. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. If God treated any of us as we deserved, our life would be hell on earth. But he does not. There's restraining grace that holds back what would otherwise come to us. Let me quote to you from Proverbs in chapter 24 and verse 29, and I want you to see that this is in the Old Testament. God says, Do not say, I will do to him as he has done for me. Do not say, I will pay the man back for what he has done. See, a lot of people have the idea that the Old Testament is commending an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Do you think that's the idea in the Old Testament? No. The eye for the eye and the tooth for the tooth, which is enshrined in the Old Testament legislation, is a limiting law. It is to say that recompense, satisfaction, is not to exceed the scale of the crime. It's not to be you've taken my eye, and so I'm going to take your two eyes, your nose, your mouth, and your ears, and everything else. It, it, you see how trouble escalates. This is how the First World War began, isn't it? The guns of August. Escalation. You hit us, we'll nuke you, you see. No, the whole point of the eye for the eye and the tooth for the tooth is it's limiting legislation and very necessary. But even in the Old Testament, God's people are called not simply to live by legislation, but by grace, which is why the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament says, do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. Because if you're reflecting the character of God, whether you're living before or after the cross, you're going to be doing what Jesus spoke about and what David's doing here, which is what? Love your enemy. So practice restraint and understand how glorious this is, that that is commended to us and modeled to us even in the Old Testament in these very harsh and early days. Number two, show appropriate respect. So you're thinking about this person who's been antagonistic towards you. I've got to, by the grace of God, exercise self-control. I'm not in the business of trying to get even. And secondly, I want, because I want to be a peacemaker at all times, to show to this person proper respect. That's in verse 8. David arose and went out of the cave, and he called out after Saul. And notice how he speaks to Saul, who's hated him so much. My Lord the King. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. Now, the scriptures are really clear on this principle. It's very important if you have a bad boss, you have a dysfunctional parent, you're in a relationship where someone has behaved uh, badly. The scripture says, give honor to whom honor is due. That's Romans 13 and verse 7. Honor your father and mother. That's the fifth commandment. Honor everyone. Everyone. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, and particularly honor the emperor, 1 Peter 2 and verse 17. Well, what kind of emperor did they have in the days when Peter was writing? A dreadful one, but you still honor, and you still give honor to whom honor is due. Show respect for other people, especially other people who God has put in positions of authority over you. They may not exercise that authority well. Saul was a disaster. But notice the example of David. He does not say, well, Saul's forfeited any right to any respect from me. He shows respect because he's a man of grace and he wants to see hostility lowered, not to see it increase.
1: You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, The Robe and the Spear, part of our series, The Life of David. And we'll continue next time when we look at how grace is displayed. Remember, if you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can always catch up online. Go to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can download any of our previous messages as MP3s, completely free, or you can stream them from the website. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, people like you. And if you want to help and support our work of bringing God's Word to folks all over the country, we would greatly value a regular donation each month. As our way of saying thank you when you set up a regular amount of £5 or more, we'd like to send you a copy of the book, You Can Trust God With Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. It's by Nancy Moss Walgamuth and Robert Walgamuth. And
0: Colin, who would you say this book's written for? Oh, I think it's for every person who has ever said, what in the world is God doing? And I think I think we've all asked that question many, many times. You know, you look at your life and you say, oh, if only something were different. If only I didn't have this illness or if only I had a believing partner, if only I wasn't in this particular situation. And what we're really doing is we're asking a question about what it is that God is doing in a circumstance that we would not have chosen. And Robert and Nancy have written a marvelous book that reminds us that it is God who writes the story of his children's lives in all of the circumstances that we face. So, you know, you look down the contents page of this uh, book, chapters on, you can trust God when your marriage is in trouble. You can trust God when you're hard-pressed financially. You can trust God when you lose your health You can trust God when your child breaks your heart. Each chapter is actually aimed at a particular circumstance. And what each chapter does is it shows how God works redemptively in every circumstance of life. It's a wonderful book. It's a joy to read. It's a book of stories. And I think it's going to be a marvellous help and encouragement to everyone who reads it. Well,
1: we'd love to send you a copy of this book if you are able to set up a regular donation of £5 per month or more. You can find details of this offer on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Pastor Colin Smith and for me, David Pick, I hope you'll be able to join us again next time on Open the Bible. This broadcast of Open the Bible was supported by our listeners. How do you handle an antagonistic person in a way that reflects grace? Find out what that looks like next time on Open the Bible.